Hello, and welcome to another episode of Record A Journey to Healing and Wholeness. I am your host, Fernando. Have you ever suffered out of depression and wanted to be there for your children and your husband, and you just didn't have the strength to do so? Have you ever felt like you were the one anointed to help everybody else, but took it just a little bit too far and became an enabler? Listen as our guest today, Stacey McCray, talks about how those things can and will happen, but how you can live beyond them and how you can learn to do those things correctly with the help of the Holy Spirit. I hope you're ready for this week's episode because it will begin after the next message. Life is so unpredictable and sometimes trauma, grief, and other circumstances leave us feeling like the walls of life are closing in on us. Renita Bo has been where you are. She is a Christian life coach, a motivational speaker, and a licensed minister. Let Renita help you begin to live again. For a free 30-minute consultation, visit VernitaInspires.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Restored, A Journey to Healing and Wholeness. I am your host, Bernita Bone, and I am here to encourage and inspire you to be courageous and intentional about your journey to wholeness. My special guest today is Stacy McRae. Welcome, Stacy. Thank you for calling me special. <laughs> oh, you are special. We are all special. Thank you for joining us today. I'm glad to be here. So, Stacy, can you please share with our listening audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. So, I am Stacy McCray. I am first a wife, a uh, wife to an amazing husband um, for seven years now. And then I'm also a mama to two littles. I have a five year old daughter who's beautiful, smart, and feisty and gives us a run for our money. And then I also have a little two year old son who is so fun, who's so funny and just has a full man spirit. He's like so grown. He's like an old soul. So he's so fun to be around. I'm also a podcaster, blogger, all of those things. I have a heart for mamas, love, 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 encouraging mamas and helping them be fully who they've been called to be and just know that they're worthy and empower them to like take care of themselves too, like mind, body, and spirit. And most importantly, above all of those things, I'm a child of God that's yes. where my identity is rooted in, and that's where my identity has been built up to who I am now and walking in confidence in that and that alone. Amen. Thank you so much. <laughs> so as I said earlier, my podcast is called A Journey to Healing and Wholeness. I am on this journey. I am, I'm not there yet. I have not reached mm-hmm. it. But I'm on this journey to healing from some of the sufferings and some of the things that I've had to go through. But as I was talking to people, I found out that everybody's been through something, a dark space, a dark place, something that they've had to to crawl their way out of and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, to get back to the surface. Since I have found that to be true, I've also been encouraged by the Bible verse where it says he will restore Mm -hmm. our souls. So tell our listening audience a little bit about a dark space in your life and your intentional path to restoration? Um, I'll talk about one of the most recent dark times and probably the darkest time (laughs) I've ever been in. And sometimes it's a little bit hard to talk about 
I've been talking about it and sharing it a lot more, which makes it easier to talk about. So if I cry, it is what it is. And we'll <laughs> cry together. <laughs> um, so yeah, the darkest time for me and the, and the most recent that I can think of is really when I dealt with postpartum depression. I dealt with it with my daughter when she was born, but it wasn't as severe as what I dealt with with my son, who was my second child. And just to kind of walk through that a little bit, um, you don't really know what it's like when you're going to become a mom. Like you have all these people telling you all these things. And then if it's a if it was ever a dream for you to become a mom, you have very positive, you know, thoughts about it in general. There's some fears there too, but in general, you're looking forward to motherhood. You're looking forward to being able to love this amazing baby. And so all of these thoughts are building up and these feelings, and then your hormones are going. And so I delivered my second son and all of kind of like these expectations that I had, I was not feeling, I was feeling the opposite. I was feeling hopeless. I was feeling deeply, deeply lonely, deeply alone. And I just felt like there was like nothing inside of me. It felt like I was a hollow shell. And, you know, you would think if you felt numb or hollow, that that would be maybe an okay thing. Cause you don't have to deal. Maybe you don't have to deal with your emotions, but let me tell you, <laughs> that does not feel good. It does not feel good to feel disconnected to your body, to feel disconnected to yourself. It feels extremely alone. And it feels like this dark cloud is kind of following you. Um, I will say too, that, you know, there was probably a lot of different variables going against me during that time. Um, I have a like a genetic predisposition to depression and that runs genetically in my family. I was also going through a lot of stress at that time. So I was moving, I was selling a house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was, um, mm -hmm. and if anybody's ever moved, like that's one of the, num like one of the top stressors in life, right? Like, so I, I can to, concur. So, you know, Bernita, <laughs> moving is not for the week. Okay. No. So I'm on maternity leave at this time. So my uh -huh. maternity leave. Um, so since we're moving, like, and I'm on maternity leave, thankfully during that, that time when I was still packing, my daughter was still able to go, to go to daycare, but I was home alone with my son, like not getting very much sleep. So that's a factor here too. I'm nursing. I'm up every 45 minutes with this amazing baby, but it's, it's sleepless. And when you don't get your sleep, a lot of stuff just ain't right. So your emotions are not right. You're, you're not thinking cognitively, right? Like this is a lot going on. So on top of that too, um, my husband was at work every day. So I was mainly the one trying to get our whole entire house packed and ready to go. And so there's all these pressures coming against me. Like I got deadlines, movers are going to be here this day. Then I got, you know, I've been showing my house to keep it like spick and span so that when people come visit to see if they want to buy it, there can't be an item out of place. And then on top of that too, I was having some family drama with my family, different things happening to them that was impacting me. And if you're someone who really loves your family, when they're hurting, you're hurting. you're hurting. And sometimes even worse than when you hurt yourself, it's like, try, like having to watch it from the outside and see things happen to them and what they're going through. It really impacts you. And mind you, I don't have a lot to give at that point mm -hmm. because I'm depleted. I'm nursing. I'm mothering. I'm not getting sleep. I'm trying to take care of this baby. I'm trying to pack and move. Then there's outside stuff that's hindering me and hurting me. Like, so it's just all of these attacks were coming at me with very little to give with this combination of having a predisposition to depression and not getting any sleep. And so I knew that things were not right, but I was like, as a mom, and if you've ever, ever been a mom, like 
there's like this instinct that's inside of us typically where it's like, you just keep pressing on. Yeah. So you'll, you'll hear me talking about like going through the motions. So here I am, I'm going through the motions because I know that I have to take care of this family. Like I know I have to take care of this baby, right? So we end up moving. They move all of our stuff into our new home that we're in. Again, still a stressful time. Now that we've moved, I don't have any childcare for my daughter yet. So now it's me home with this newborn. And then I have trying to get childcare for my daughter. So trying to find her a place to start because she's in preschool and I want her to continue learning and all of that. So there's just a lot of different things going on here. And then the other thing that happened in the midst of all of that, which it still like makes me emotional when I think about it is my daughter had to get a tonsillectomy during this window as well too. And seeing like, she was only like two and a half, I think at the time. So seeing your baby have to go under, have to go through surgery. And the hard part is that, oh my God, it's going to make me cry. Go ahead. He didn't do well with anesthesia. I don't want to cry too much because I want to keep telling this story because it needs to be told, but take your time. <laughs> she does not do well with anesthesia. So when she would wake up, she was like incoherent and it was very hard to comfort her and like you feel all this pressure as a mom I should be able to calm my my child down and she just she wouldn't even open her eyes and it was just really hard to watch all of that and this was all in a very short window of time and again I have nothing I don't have much to give at this point so I'm just going through the motions and as we get here and I'm taking care of my daughter and my son trying to find her some trying to find her a preschool I was starting to wake up every morning crying And it was so frustrating because I'm not normally someone who's very subdued or down. Like my typical personality is energetic. It's lively. It's positive. And I was nowhere near that person. I didn't even, it's scary when you don't recognize yourself. That's a dark place to be in. When you're like, who are you right now? This is not Stacy. It was very hard trying to reconcile all of that. And then also being like a woman of faith, I'm like, God, I know you're there, but it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> like, I don't feel you. I don't sense you. I don't feel like you are here helping me. And I'm like crying out and um, just remembering crying each day, like I said, for like two weeks. And what finally happened is I ended up um, reaching out for support, which is just sad that it takes us this long sometimes. Like, to reach out for support. I mean, even like two weeks postpartum, I remember my husband asking me like, are you dealing with postpartum depression again? Cause he could see there was nothing. It was like this lifeless face. And the people in my family that were close to me were like, I could see it in your eyes. Like there's like no life in your eyes. And I'm like, because there's none, I'm just here right now. So I finally reached out for help, um, started going to therapy. Um, and that helped again. And just like realizing that a lot of what was triggering it was all of the stress that I was going through as well. But then also there was this very deep rooted sense of failure um, that I had even beginning with my first child, because as a mom, you have, again, like you have these expectations of how, who you should, who you're supposed to look like, who you're supposed to be as a mom and who I'm, how I'm supposed to perform in my career and all the things and who I thought that was supposed to be was not who I was. So here creates this gap. And this place of stress where this tension happens, where these two things are not aligning. And so I started getting help, like I said, and going to therapy. And then what the work that God did in me, which is what I love, like this is, this is the cake of the story, right? Like this is all that stuff needs to be acknowledged and it's hard. A lot of times what motherhood does to you is it brings up some dark roots that maybe have never been addressed. Yes. You have never healed through. And because you're getting so depleted from giving so much 
from, from pouring your cup so much, it causes all of those kind of dark things that you probably should have dealt with before that rise to the top. So there was always this feeling that I had that I'd already always thought that was like a feeling of inadequacy. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing that what God did was that he used that opportunity to break down having my identity rooted in how well I performed because I did well in school. I did well in my career, you know, like that's not who, that's not what your identity is in sis. Like, so him taking me through that journey of stop placing your identity in your performance as a mother, how well you think you did that day on the job, how good of a wife you think you were. That has absolutely nothing to do with your worth, nothing to do with your identity. And so God started to do it a, a working in me to like, sh- like shut that other stuff down. That's empty and build me up with just knowing I'm worthy because I'm his like period. Mm-hmm. Like there's no other explanation needed. So that's the journey that I'm still on. Like, I'm not like you said, we're on this journey, right? Like I'm not perfect. I still have some days where I feel like a failure, but now I know to take captive. And that's one of my favorite scriptures. Now take captive every thought, every high thing that does not align with God's word. So these thoughts that I'm having, they don't align with God's word. Like when I'm thinking I'm a failure or nobody sees me, I don't, nobody sees all that I'm pouring out and doing like, no, God says he sees us. God says we're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. We have the mind of Christ. So now when those thoughts come, I don't fester in them. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like we're, we're going to nip that in the bud and we're going to call it like God calls it. And that's who I, that's who he says I'm going to be. So really the help God reworking in me and rebuilding me and who I am in him And then coupled with actually seeking out the support of a therapist to work through some of the trauma and some of the the beliefs I had about myself and who I needed to be is how I kind of came through that dark time. And I am going to be praying with you as you walk this journey, because I know how it is to have children and want to do it. And you can't. When my son died in a car accident, I went to the hospital and he was hooked up to all these tubes and and he was already gone. They just hadn't told me that he was gone. And, and there was nothing I could do. You know, how do you suffer through that? And then all of the missed promises, all of the things that you were going to do together. My birthday is three days later and we were getting ready to celebrate and we were getting ready to move away to another city together. And we just had so many plans and so many missed promises. And I understand when you hurt for your child, that's a hurt that you just can't explain. No one can explain it. And so I understand when you say what you say, and I understand the tears. It's okay to cry, especially on my podcast. Yes. Well, thank you for that. And I'm sorry. I didn't know about your son. We're just getting to know each other. So I'm sorry to hear about your son, but yeah, you're so strong. You're so strong. I am. I am blessed. I am strong because of him. Like you said, he had to break down some walls in me too. So, you know, that rebuilding process is still ongoing. I'm, I'm blessed. And like when you suffer a loss, you never really get over the loss. Right. You rest in it. You let it happen. And God graces you to live beyond it every day. Mm, that's that grace. Every day we get a little bit stronger and a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to have those days. Like today is my mom's birthday. And this morning I was a little, I don't know. Um, she just passed two years ago. And I remember it, you know, like, yeah. like it was yesterday. 
but it doesn't mean you're not going to have those days. Mm-hmm. It just means that you're going to get stronger. You're going to learn how to live beyond it. And you're going to be able to help someone else live beyond it. And I truly believe that our suffering is not for us. It's yeah. so that we can help others along the way. And if we don't learn how to deal with what we're going through, then we can't be a help to someone else. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate you saying you got help because there's this stigma that Christians, you know, we, we're not going. So tell me, what would you say? This is a two-part question. What would you say to Christians who say, if God loves me, why am I suffering like this? Part one. And part two, what would you say to Christians who say, God's going to heal me. I don't need any help. Oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) This is a good question. Two-part question. And help me out if I forget the second part. Um, Okay. But the first thing I would say, you know, when you ask if God loves me, like, why am I suffering? Well, let's start with, first of all, he never promised us. Like, he keeps it real, right? Right. (laughs) He keeps it real from the jump. He never promised us that we would not have suffering. He never promised us that we would not have hard days. I mean, we live, we live in, in an earth, in an area where bad things happen. Like that's the earth that we live in. That's the space that we're in right now. Um, and it has nothing to do with God's love. Like those are two separate things. Like we're, we don't even need to intermingle the two really. Um, and then the other part of it is like you just mentioned he uses these sufferings to build the kingdom of God. Like God is for God. He, don't get me wrong. He loves us. Yes, he does. But ultimately, God is about building his kingdom. So he's going to use what you went through to build his kingdom, to help support the community around you as well too, is to grow your faith. Yes. Like I said earlier, I'm into fitness and a big part of what the, the fitness piece that I'm into is weight training or what we call resistance training. Your muscles are not going to get stronger i.e. your faith is not going to get stronger if it is not against any type of resistance or weight that you have to push. Like that's how we train our weight. That's how we train our muscles to be stronger. So it's very similar to faith. Like God cannot strengthen your faith if every little thing is going perfect for you. Where does faith come in? Like there's no, there's no, there's no space for faith because God's love is going to cover you being just this perfect little life. Like that's not how it works. And then there's so much beauty in like what we're talking about, even in like this with the sorrow, there's still beauty from this deep, deep loss that you experience um, and the dark place I was in and how God brings you through that. Like he, it's hard to show that without there being any trauma. And I also have, what's also helped me too, with just the different dark places I've been in beside what I shared today is that I am shifting into more of an eternal perspective. Mm-hmm. Like God's word says that this life is but a miss. So compared to eternity, like our lives, as precious as they are, as valuable and important as they are, it's a mist. And it's just, it's one piece of this whole plan to bring light to God, to bring you connected with God. And so having that perspective has helped me with a lot of trauma and like putting things in perspective that way is what I would say to that question. And God still loves you, period. Um, no matter what happens to you. And you know, it reminds me of the other scripture, like nothing can separate you from the love of God. That's right. Not death. So even if I die, like that's a scary thing for people, right? I mean, it's scary to think about, even if I die, I'm still going to be with Jesus. That's right. There's nothing you can do to me. (laughs) Like nothing you can take away from me. 
nothing you can do to me that's going to keep me with, keep me from my creator. So like, I, I have these promises too, that I'm anchored in and that I hold on to, um, despite the bad things, but I, I totally get the question. It is, it's a hard thing to reconcile. Like a loving God allows suffering. You know, a lot of it doesn't always make sense to our, the human mind. And I also think of the scripture, his ways are above our ways. Right. There's going to be things that happen to us. We're not even going to understand why. Like, I'm like, I wasn't able to use that to help other people. <laughs> like why that happened to me or why that happened to whoever this great, good person. And then the second part of your question was about like, you know, Christian saying, you know, oh, God's going to heal me. I don't need to go get help. I mean, most Christians don't say that if they have, a liver disease or if they have diabetes but now when it comes to mental health which is also tied to our biological health because mental health is tied to the brain which is the right. biological physical function <laughs> like now see how that doesn't make sense and you can if you pay attention and if you ask god for eyes to see things you can see where people have been given these wonderful giftings yes. to create the space for you to talk through and heal through situations and we know in God's word that he designed us for community. Like where I am weak, someone else may be strong. When I need help, like we're, we're here to, bur- you know, carry one another's burdens. Like he's created people with talents and giftings to help walk us through and support us through the healing. Just like if you had any other ailment that was wrong or that was a sickness or anything like that. And so I just think that we have to, as Christians to like kind of reframe some things and use the Wisdom. Wisdom. Like King Solomon talked about wisdom to know that it's time to seek help. And on top of that, if you're walking in intimacy with Christ, which you bring everything to him, which I'm talk about that journey, because I'd be wanting to go on my own path all the time. Like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm excited. And God, did you you even talk to me about this first? Right. (laughs) So then it's coming to God. Like, look, God, I'm struggling mentally. I'm sad every single day when I wake up and I cannot shake it. Lord, help me. What can I do? And then that's listening to the discernment and the leading to go get help and support. Mm-hmm. So it's not just putting all these little situations in a box. It's really thinking through them with the whole and full word of God, not just the bits and pieces that you pull that may fit whatever you think you're going whatever through. Whatever you think. Yeah. And I agree with people who say that God can heal you. He's sovereign. He that's can right. do whatever he wants to, <laughs> whenever he wants to, however he wants to do it. But he has also blessed people with some giftings and some talents here on earth mm-hmm. to help you through something. And I am not saying don't pray about it, pray about it, talk to God about it, it's do what you got to do. Then go get you some help. Faith Plus without work is dead. dead. So ain't nothing going to happen. <laughs> but I agree with you. Some people are able. Yeah. Sometimes God does heal in that way through prayer. And sometimes he doesn't. And sometimes it's through bringing somebody else in, but don't put him in a box. Right. Exactly. Because he's not like that. No. (laughs) Have there been any boundaries that you've had to put in your life because of your journey? I have to be be careful when I talk about this because, you know, you don't, when you talk about things like you have to share your story, like you can't throw people under the bus, right? So I'll just say, we talked about like when family goes through things, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's been hard for me. Watching family go through things and then inserting myself because I think I can fix everything a lot of the time. And God being like, yes, I've given you the gift of being supportive. I've given you the gift of help. Like you do have that gift. But with every single gift that God gives you, you have to create a boundary. I, I had a minister tell me that I went up for prayer one time, Bernita. I never go up. I, never, I usually don't go up for prayer because I'm like, I don't really, I, other people need it more than me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> But 
I remember on this day, your girl was struggling. I was feeling so heavy, like physically feeling heavy, emotionally feeling heavy. And I went up for prayer and I'm like, I just feel so heavy. And when the minister was praying for me, he was just like, it's because you have this gift for intercessory prayer and, you know, processing other people's burdens so that you can go and intercede for them. But what I was doing, Vernito, I was taking it all on myself. Yes. Like, oh my God, so-and-so is going through this. Oh, this is so hard for them, which nothing is wrong with empathy. But when you take on ownership of somebody else's burden, like not just taking it temporarily to understand it. And that's why he gave me that gift because he helps me connect with people. So that it's like when I'm interceding for them, it's on a different level. It's like, I feel it. It's powerful. It's anointed. But I had to create boundaries with myself to say, okay, when I, when I sense that or feel that I can't take it on as my own. And then I had my therapist who told me too, she was like, all these people that you're talking about are grown. Quit trying to take care of grown people. (laughs) So when she said that, it for some reason gave me permission to kind of let go of the responsibility that I had somehow created in myself that I was responsible for someone else's well-being. And I'm not responsible. That's a boundary I had to set for myself and tell myself. I'm not responsible as much as I deeply love them for someone else's well-being. I can support them. But again, that's because I have, I need to have that discernment to where I need, where it's time to support and where it's time to fall back. So I get you. <laughs> and that gets harder as your children get grown, get older. Oof, and yeah, I bet. because I can tell you about that because God had to tell me one time, take your hands off them children. They are grown. You have raised them. You have done the best you can with them. Any mistakes they make now are their own right, and their consequences right. will be their, theirs and not yours. Stop trying to save those children. That's a word. And listen, audience, I hope you heard that because I I can say that because I have done it. Up until here recently, I have done it. I have tried to not, I don't want to say bear their burdens, but take on whatever they were going through and, you know, make it all right. And that's not my job. It's not. That's not my job. So, yeah. And you, but sometimes we block like God's trying to get in and here we are dancing around trying to insert ourselves. He's like, back up now. I'm, I'm trying to do he, work. <laughs> he can't do it because we always trying to fix something that we're not equipped to fix. We're not equipped to fix we, it. <laughs> we're not even equipped to fix it. Like God said, I made them. I know all about them. I know what they're going to do even before they do it. I already know this. So will you let me do my job? <laughs> like, and I mean, over here, just we get real with each other, you know. Me, me, and God, we get real with each other when we're talking, you know. So, yeah, I love me. when he talks through like that with me. Yeah, too. I hear let, it so clearly. <laughs> right. Let me do my job. I know that I know I blessed you with them for you to, you know, have them while they're here on earth. Yeah. But ultimately, all y'all belong to me. We don't, we, you know, just like the Bible says, we don't belong to ourselves. So we're yeah. all gods. We are all gods. And he is ultimately the one who's going to fix anything that we can't, you know, that we need fixing. So, yeah, um, I just want to say a quick word that's related to that to, to other mothers, too, is that, you know, you, you can have like a lot of different fears and anxieties when it comes to your kids, because you can't be there with them 24 seven, especially exactly. as they're getting older. Um, and so there's going to be times when you're away from them. And that's like, exercising your trust and like what God told me he, he told me I can take better care of them than you ever could right he <laughs> said I got them and he had to remind me he said when these children were born then you get them back to me and I was like okay yeah I got you I know, Remember that you know right. Thing? Yeah, <laughs> right like you know 
I got you. I got you. Okay. I hear you, God. I'm done. I'm done. So, and it, and it's not good for your mental health. Nope. To try to do that. So, you know, you have to, you have to really take care of yourself and let God take care of those whom you can. So Stacy, tell me, what does wholeness look like to you? I will say for one, I'm not there yet, but I feel like I am getting there. I feel like he's building me up. Um, I think wholeness to me is really knowing who you are and knowing that what kind of what I said earlier, like knowing that your identity is not your trauma. It's not anything that happened to you. And then it's like releasing it because I've seen it. I've experienced it personally. We hold on to these things so tightly like the anger, the resentment, the pain. And it's this concept of kind of surrendering your natural inclinations in a lot of ways, which is to naturally take on these things and just releasing that to create the space for God to come in and make you whole. Mm -hmm. So I would say that's what wholeness is to me. It's like letting go of all of those things, which don't serve you. They don't serve your spirit. They don't serve your mental health and allowing God to come in to repair everything, to knock out all the stuff that doesn't need to be there anymore so that you can like walk fully in who you're meant to be that day and the rest of the, your, your days on earth. And it is a journey because mm-hmm. every day we're going to be faced with something different than we were the day before. It's a journey to healing and wholeness. It's something that we're striving for. Um, and like I said, I'm not there yet. I'm not. I still have a lot that I have to contend with, but thank God I'm on my way. I yeah, am and on I my way. I think too, Vernita, is that, you know, it's like when we're all, while we're there, while we're on this life, we still have time to grow and evolve and to become who God's called us to be. So it never ends while you're on this earth. Oh like, no. And then I want to encourage you because like one thing that's things that have happened to me before is like, man, I'm doing good. I'm feeling like feeling the glory of God. Like I'm feeling alive and whole. Then bam, you get a day, like you said, where it's like you have a memory of your mother or something else happens and it just hits you. And you're like, wait a minute, what happened? I thought I was doing good. Like you're still doing good, but you're also still doing life. Right. It reminds me too about the children of Egypt. Like they were trying to hoard all that manna you know, <laughs> like one day, like, like it was gonna, no. they never, like they never were going to get anything else. Like I can get all I can get. Right. <laughs> like his grace is sufficient for you moment by moment. Right. Day by right. day. Right. And it's just another opportunity and it's reframing a lot of things. Like I, now it's like a glory. I know this is another opportunity for you to show yourself to me for us to get closer. So reframing it because you're, you're still going to have those days where you may not feel whole. <laughs> so. and, and I always think of it this way. God made the ultimate sacrifice and Jesus paid the ultimate ultimate price. He suffered more than we could ever suffer. We mm-hmm. would never have to suffer as much as he suffered. And I make it personal just for me, mm-hmm. you know? That's so good. if God, the one who gave us life, can sacrifice his only begotten son for us, even though we were already trying to crucify him, we were already mocking him. We were already spitting on him. We were already making him carry his cross. Mm-hmm. We were already doing everything we could, driving nails through his feet and through his arms and spikes and everything we could to make him hurt, to make him suffer. Even though he knew that we were going to continue exactly to do those things 
that were not pleasing to him, even though he knew that we were going to have days, we were going to give him the time of day. He still did what he did. And he didn't do what he did because of us, but he did it because of who he is. Yeah. He loves us just because of who he is and not because of anything we could ever do because mm-hmm. we are not worthy of his love. We are but filthy rags. Broken. Broken. Evil parts of our heart. Yeah, <laughs> all just... of that. Uh, we were born in a broken world. Yeah. Yeah, you know. So that's what I think about when I think about, you know, I'm hurting today or, and, and my hurt is real. I'm not, yes. I'm not dismissing my hurt, but it's then it, I, go, I go back to, and so did Christ, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that I always take everything that happens back to the cross Ooh. and it helps me see how to get through it. If I take it back to the cross, then I can get through it. I can make it another day. If I take it back to the cross, then maybe it is good that I was afflicted. If I take it back mm. to the cross, Are you maybe on today? this journey, then there is something that is going to happen to me that is going to help somebody else. When I take it back to the cross, mm. I can see it and it helps me go another day. I can do One it. Day at a time. That's a message, right? That needs to be a whole sermon. When I take it back to the cross. When I take it, maybe I'll preach that one day. When I you take it back to the cross. So, Stacey, I am so glad that you came on this interview. You have really uplifted me, your strength and your courage and how you continue to grow and go. It's just so amazing. And before we close this interview, though, please share with our listening audience a word of encouragement. I just always want the Holy Spirit to lead me in this because whoever's, it might be one person, they have a certain message they need to hear. So I'm just asking the Holy Spirit to lead me and what he wants me to say um, in this moment. I, what I, what I feel led to say is to encourage people to know that they're not alone. You're not alone. And even if you feel that way, your feelings are real, but they're not always fact. So when you're feeling that way, know that you have a God that loves you, who acknowledges those feelings and recognizes that's how he's designed you, but that he's also made a way out for you. And if you keep your eyes fixed on him and away from the distractions is what I call them, whether those are feelings or outside circumstances that are going on around you, refocus, like Vernita said, back to the cross, keep your eyes fixed on God. Because when you keep your eyes fixed on God, he leads you to a path that takes you out into a place where you are who you're called to be, where you're walking fully in grace. So my encouragement to you is that you're not alone. You're seen and there is a hope for you in Christ. There's a hope for you to feel seen and valued and loved and to know that I'm here also rooting for you. I see you and I know you're going to do great things because we are all called and chosen. And I hope our listening audience was listening to that and know that this is probably the third or fourth guest that I have interviewed. And when I ask them to give a word of encouragement, they have started with, you are not alone. So the Holy Spirit is speaking. I hope we are listening. Thank you again, Stacy. Tell our listening audience how they can find Stacy McCray. <laughs> hey y'all you can find me um, on instagram i'm at stacy michelle mccray i post workouts food faith 
my life <laughs> on there. I also have a podcast that's launching. It's called Faithful Mom Boss. And I also have a Facebook group for mamas of like minds where we talk about faith, fitness, finances, and just all of the, the practical tools along with the supernatural power of God to walk fully in who you're called to be. That's called Faithful Mom Boss as well in Facebook groups. Um, and then I actually have two other podcasts. <laughs> I have two um, for the married people. It's called A Case for Marriage that my husband and I do. And I have a podcast with some friends called Fem Collective, where we just talk about all kinds of topics with empathy, love, and compassion. So uh, that's where you can find me. And for all you moms out there, single moms, married moms, moms, who may be dealing with postpartum depression, who just want a group to be in where you can be heard, please, please seek out Stacy McRae. Yes. I can tell you right now that you will not regret it. Thank you again, Stacy. It was a pleasure having you on the podcast today. Same. This is amazing. Thank you, Vernita. I am delighted that you have tuned in to this episode of Restored, A Journey to Healing and Wholeness. It has been a pleasure to share with you today. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. I would also appreciate if you would like, share, follow, and subscribe so that you can stay abreast of all things Restored. Until next time, blessings as you continue your journey to healing and wholeness. Life is so unpredictable and sometimes trauma, grief, and other circumstances leave us feeling like the walls of life are closing in on us. Renita Bo has been where you are. She is a Christian life coach, a motivational speaker, and a licensed minister. Let Renita help you begin to live again. For a free 30-minute consultation, visit VernitaInspires.com.